We're back, and it's a pleasure to say we're joined by Todd Benzman. He is one of the country's preeminent experts on immigration policy, and particularly our insecure border. Brings to his present post as a senior national security fellow at the Indispensable Center for Immigration Studies, a wealth of experience as an investigative journalist, uh, as intelligence analyst with Texas Department of Public Safety, and of course as uh, an author, uh, both of countless essays and reports, but also of a terrific book, America's Covert Border War, The Untold Story of the nation's battle to prevent jihadist infiltration. Todd Benzman, it's great to have you with us, sir. Welcome back to Secure Freedom Radio. Great to be here. Thanks, Frank. Todd, I, I want to talk to you sort of about the macro problem, but just uh, keying off of the title of your book, um, you have been following closely a story unfolding about a Yemeni national wanted by the FBI uh, for terrorism uh, reasons that has gone missing, apparently, somewhere um, after uh, he got away from the Mexicans. Um, give us his story, and uh, then we'll back the lens up and talk about the sort of bigger picture that um, we should also be concerned about. Sure. Well, uh, everything that I know, mo well, most everything that I know about this case comes from a leaked uh, be on the lookout for, Bo it's called a BOLO, put out by the CBP to intelligence uh, officials up and down the border for a Yemeni, uh, 29 years old, uh, who 21 years old, sorry, who the Mexicans apprehended, who was on the FBI's terrorism watch list. They apprehended him first in April of 2021 uh, and deported him, which is the normal thing that is done in conjunction with the American uh, FBI that uh, works in country. Uh, but the the deportation went awry, and he returned, made his way back to Piedras Negras, Mexico, which is right on the border across from Eagle Pass, Texas, and was apprehended again by the Mexicans in July. They held on to him for about four months, and of course, during those four months was the Del Rio migrant camp and just a lot of very heavy traffic through Mexico, a lot of um, uh, chaos and confusion uh, with the border crisis on both sides. And in that melee, the Mexicans released him with an order to uh, voluntarily report in once a week to Mexican immigration, which is absurd uh, because, of course, he disappeared and was expected to be trying to cross the southern border into um, Texas. So that's how the Bolo went out. Uh, that that bolo went out in December. I do not know if he was caught uh, or if they've caught them. I have been unable to ascertain that. But the bigger picture here is that this is uh, indicative of a, of a major failure in collaboration on security between the Mexicans and the Americans, which I attribute to the fact that both sides of the border are in utter chaos that the mass migration crisis caused this failure. Uh, there's one other small piece of information that I'll offer to you that I have not yet written about, which is that uh, an, an intelligence official that I uh, work with uh, in, who's in country and has uh, direct knowledge of this situation said that when the Mexicans 
deported him, they had an officer fly with him to a, a European country, uh, probably a transit country like Frankfurt or France. I couldn't get the, the which country it was. And instead of finishing the trip, that Mexican officer came home and left him on his own. And he just left the flight and disappeared. That's how he got away and came back. Uh, all of that is just a, a completely unacceptable uh, you know, set of circumstances that never should have been allowed to happen. Uh, hopefully that this guy doesn't turn up in, in a bad way uh, with some violence or something in the United States. If that happens, all of these facts will suddenly become very, very important. But they should be important now, even before something terrible happens. Indeed. And the trouble is that uh, as you say, uh, this catch and report or catch and release effectively policy has been proven unworkable on our side of the border. Uh, why anyone would think it's going to prove more viable in Mexico it just boggles my mind. But the point is that the combination of the two, as you've indicated, is exacerbating the porousness of our border, uh, the attractiveness of uh, that porous border to uh, both people simply seeking uh, improved conditions for them and their children and people willing to uh, make the trip for the purposes of doing us harm. It's infuriating that uh, we're seeing this persist. And I wanted to ask you as a former Texas Department of Public Safety uh, intelligence analyst, as well as a guy closely following what's happening in your state of Texas and across the border, um, we hear a lot about um, the governor of Texas, Greg Abbott, um, making efforts to uh, secure the border with um, both, uh, you know, the Texas Rangers and, uh, and National Guard, and uh, actually building the fence, the, the the border wall that was left only partly complete by uh, Donald Trump and not. Uh, not finished by his successor. Uh, what's the state of play in Texas at the moment? Is any of that really materializing Todd Bensman and making a difference or not? Well, the numbers at this point for December look like they're going to be about 175,000 apprehensions and another 48,000 gotaways. So we're looking in the you know low 200,000s again for just an, a month, and 500,000 apprehensions in just the first three months of the fiscal year. So the numbers are still just out of uh, you know all record books. It's just insane out there. You can go down there and see it uh, in live time, uh, the chaos. So uh, I think that the governor's uh, initiatives may be doing some good in the limited areas where they where they're unfolding, but if they're really going to have any kind of impact, they need to expand uh, the state fence to the rest of the border if they can, and to uh, have their trust criminal trespass prosecution program expanded. They're they're just essentially pilot programs at this point in the Del Rio kind of the Val Verde County and. Uh, Kenny County uh, of Texas. So, I mean, it's a start, but I don't really see it having much effect at this point. 
Not yet, but it could over time. Well, the question is, uh, is time on our side? And um, we're going to be talking with Hans von Spakovsky momentarily about um, the prospect that as in New York City at the moment, um, illegal aliens coming here, as you've documented, Todd, by the millions are going to turn into, in the near future, perhaps, um, voters uh, and uh, permanently alter the electorate of this country and uh, inevitably uh, the politics of it as well. Um, Let me ask you, though, before we um, let you go, Todd, uh, you have been uh, very mindful it seems to me, of the degree to which people in our government are intent on making permanent these kinds of arrangements, uh, these kinds of, um, well, fundamental transformation is the term that (laughs) Barack Obama used, of our immigration policies and uh, border security, in part through reforming, as they call it, the law, or by getting uh, amnesty to millions and millions and millions. We're not even clear really how many millions of people who've come to this country illegally already. But as you've discussed with me in past conversations, Todd, uh, inevitably the prospect of such reforms, especially amnesty, translates into an intensification of the tractor beam drawing illegal aliens here. Um, what is the state of play with respect to efforts to affect such reforms and, uh, and enact amnesty in this country? And uh, is there anything that can be done to prevent that from happening, which would be, to my way of thinking, disastrous? Well, the uh, driven by the progressive wing of the Democratic Party, which is where a lot of this is coming from, kind of, kind of think think Bernie Sanders uh, rallies uh, during the um, 2016 campaign and the 2020 campaign, right? They were big. Those are the people that are in power now and have great influence over immigration policy. And they are relentless in attempting to attach to unrelated bills, you know, budget reconciliation uh, bills and budget bills and whatever they can, these reforms that you're talking about, which would fundamentally transform the country and legalize millions and millions of people, enticing millions more to come and get it. Uh, The only thing, I mean, it has just been a razor's edge. I mean, so close all the time uh, as the Senate parliamentarian who has you know, uh, been able to excise those things out kind of in the nick of time before votes. Uh, I don't think that we could expect uh, any lessening of that, of those attempts to um, keep trying in every way possible to open the borders permanently and legislatively. So 2022, the midterms are going to be very, very important uh, for Republicans or really anybody, independents, anybody who's interested in having control over a border, of uh, not ceding control of the border to foreigners who want to come in. Uh, that's just where it's, where the rubber's going to meet the road, so to speak, right there uh, to start with. And then, of course, there's 2024. But remember that uh, you know Congress is the first place to start to kind of put an end to that sort of thing that these just razor edge close calls uh, that just keep happening and happening and there's a whole more year of that to go uh, or maybe a little bit less at least uh, but the 
the executive branch is what is the branch that really has the lever on the gate. Uh, so that is going to be the key one in 2024 if, if uh, the country is ever going to put a stop to this totally historic first time ever mass migration event. But again, uh, Todd, and I, to anticipate uh, our conversation with Hans, I'd, I'd welcome your thoughts on this too. If we don't see this changed, uh, if we do, in fact, worse yet, see, in addition to continuing surges of illegal aliens coming across the border, uh, more and more of them beyond New York City, perhaps, um, given the right to vote, chances are we're not going to see this uh, electoral change that you're talking about that would presumably uh, prove uh, at least an opportunity to have a course correction on both the immigration and certainly on this uh, um you know, uh, granting of the vote to these folks. No? I think you're right. Uh, you're totally right. I mean, this is a very, very dangerous, slippery slope to start allowing uh, illegal uh, or just people who are non-citizens to vote in local elections. I think that you start there and then you uh, expand that as much as you can. They're going to vote Democrat. That's why they want this. Uh, I would foresee a lot of litigation. I would hope for a lot of litigation. That has to stop. That can't be allowed to uh, go. Every single one of those has to be battled to the bitter end. Uh, and I hope, I hope that there are forces arraying uh, to do that battle. We're going to be talking with Hans uh, shortly about this, as I say, and, and we'll get a better feeling from him. But when you, when you hear what... Uh, Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris are talking about in terms of uh, dispensing with the filibuster and enacting uh, by a very, very narrow uh, margin uh, election laws, voting rights legislation, as they euphemistically describe it, uh, that will essentially institutionalize uh, some of these arrangements that have perpetrated fraud in the past and that especially if compounded by these, uh, these newly minted non-citizen voters, um, will be the death of, uh, well, free and fair elections for one thing, but I think of uh, a competitive uh, political system as well. It will reduce us, I fear, to a one-party state. Todd, that has implications, of course, for um, a lot more than just our border insecurity and uh, our immigration challenges uh, specifically. But um, we know that those are top of mind and the, the major focus of your efforts. And your reporting on this, my friend, is incalculably important. And we appreciate your visits um, when you have a chance to do it uh, with updates. I know you're headed to Mexico. Um, next uh, couple of days. And uh, I hope once you're returned, we can uh, get an update on the, the evolving situation there as well. So safe travels in the meantime. Happy and, to do it. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for uh, bringing attention to this. Thanks. Well, and you too. We'll do it more together when you return. Next up, we will speak with Hans von Spakovsky of the Heritage Foundation about election reform and whether it will deform our elections going forward.
Better more straight ahead.